Welcome to Midnight Menu Plus One. I'm Margot Moss. And I'm Poppy Tooker, sitting in for Ray Kanata. Midnight Menu Plus One is a food lifestyle show on the podcast network, itsneworleans.com, where you can also find my show, Louisiana Eats. Poppy, you've paved the way for independent food and dining shows in New Orleans on TV, radio, and now on the web. It's such an honor to have you here tonight with me. Um, thank you so much. Oh, Margo, thank you. Can you imagine? I'm even on the World Wide Web. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you a few questions so that uh, I'm, I'm curious. You know, I've, I've heard you and seen you and um, love everything you do. I'm just, I'm a little curious about your background. Like oh, where it's checkered. You it's checkered. It's a very checkered background. Is anybody hunting for you? Am I going to reveal anything? That Not is at this time, thank God. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm a hometown girl. I grew up in New Orleans. I went to Ursuline um, through a bunch of wonderful occurrences. I ended up at the California Institute of the Arts where I discovered that I could combine my love for food and media right into one big thing and that's what I've been doing ever since so I teach and I talk and I talk about food and I write about food and that's what I do well talking about writing about food will you um tell us don't you have what your most recent book can you tell us a little bit about that my most recent book is named for my radio show Louisiana Eats and it gives you sort of a behind the scenes look at some of my very favorite interviews I ever did stories that lots of people may not have heard if they didn't listen to the show and even if they listened I told in the book secrets that weren't on the show and there are beautiful beautiful portrait photographs and you know visuals on the radio kind of suck Margot. Mm-hmm. have you ever noticed that <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so luckily um in my book you can see the beautiful portraits of everybody who you're reading about and there's recipes too wonderful and um who did uh you choose to do the portraits and and David Spielman fantastic New Orleans photographer David Spielman and he did they're gorgeous they're black and white they're very evocative Leah Chase Rudy Lombard real icons of the world and some people who maybe you don't know at all there's even a voodoo priestess Miriam Chamani is in the book Ah. well it's wonderful to have to be able to have like you said that visual because people you know, they hear stories or they experience, have their own experiences in restaurants, but they don't really get to see what someone, you know, they don't get to meet the person all the time. There's no food photographs at all, but, you know, I bet everybody wishes they could see us right now. Yes, because we are so <laughs> beautiful We are so beautiful with no, the microphones. S- yes, but seriously, <laughs> that is another thing I would like to know. How do you stay so beautiful and healthy when you're hitting the pavement every week trying new places and I mean is that just genetic or you no I just have some crazy trainer I am just a firm believer in just eating what tastes good and just having enough of it and no I I drink most of my calories anyway that's (laughs) why I was so happy to be on this show which is mostly a drinking show isn't it well yes absolutely (laughs) we 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 enjoy um uh, uh, one of our uh, co-workers did try and get a drinking game associated with it. Oh, really? Every time a guest would say uh, a certain word, we would do shots. That was a fun, fun little 
for that was a, a brief episode. <laughs> yes, it was. It was very brief, but we could bring that back if. Uh, I don't know how much the guests enjoy that, but well, Margo, I'm really curious. How did you come to be on the radio? <laughs> oh gosh, well, I'm an idea person. I'm not really. I I don't do not like speaking in public, and uh, I had pitched uh, the producer. I had a great idea for a show, but I was I was pitching it for somebody else. And uh, oh, and they said we're going to make you a star. Yes, Margo. Said, well, great. Moss. When are you going to do it? <laughs> I said, Oh no, 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 no. And uh, my my brother always told me I had a face for radio, and I was like, Uh, okay. I may <laughs> never make it in uh, on film, but so I uh, just took well, the plunge. I hope somebody takes some pictures of us tonight because <laughs> we are so beautiful and puts them on the podcast site because. I know everybody wants to see us looking so lovely in this evening light. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Coming Under in the, the window. Under uh, the faux starlight. I know. In, uh, Where is Robert Goulet? <laughs> <laughs> so, Poppy, as you know, each week on Midnight Menu, we invite a member of New Orleans restaurant and food community to join us. And we invite them to bring a plus one, a mystery guest. Um, it's someone we never know who they're going to bring. It could be their... Um, Pilates instructor, their restaurant colleague. Well, that's uh, a pretty exciting twist. So, yeah. who was the most shocking person who ever showed up as a plus one, Marco? <laughs> Let's see. I. Uh, there, it's so surprising every week. <laughs> honestly, it's so sh- it's so exciting. Not one person stands out. Well, I, I really can't. I'm uh, about to hold my breath <laughs> until they come in the door. But who is the guest? Well, our special guest on Midnight Menu Plus One tonight is a New Orleans institution, Eva Louise Perry, better known as T. Eva, the woman behind T. Eva's Pies and Pralines. That is one special girl. I have not seen T. Eva in a long time, but anybody who knows Uptown knows that her store is that bright orange beacon on Magazine Street near Jefferson Avenue. And if you haven't seen her there, you could have seen her on the street anywhere with her basket of pralines. She's she is something else. Her gumbo's not bad either, and that's coming from the gumbo girl herself. Absolutely, yes. I'm so excited, and some of uh, the locals may have seen her as a uh, at one time or another as a back backup singer for the late Ernie Cato, or in a Mardi Gras parade dressed up as a baby doll over the last couple of decades. Um, or perhaps selling pralines out of that wicker basket. Well, I have had the occasion to be with T. Eva at the Jazz Fest when she cooked on the Food Heritage stage Mm. with, uh, of course, her dear friend, Antoinette Cato. But my very favorite moment with her was when she pulled up in the limousine outside of Parkway Bakery, and she and Antoinette pulled that effigy of Ernie Cado <laughs> out of the back of the, it was really a hearse, it wasn't a limousine, and put him in a wheelchair oh and wheeled goodness. him in. And I was just so, and they were welcoming people to sit on his lap. <laughs> and, and I said, really, what is this about? And I remember Antoinette looked at me and she said, baby, it's a process. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, let's... Uh, Without further ado, let's welcome uh, T. Eva. So thank you so much for joining us tonight, T. Eva. Well, I'm happy to be here this evening. 
after a beautiful day at T. Eva's down on Magazine Street. What were you cooking up today? <sighs> My luscious crawfish pies <gasps> mm. that people come from all over the world to eat. I bet they do. They do. I'm coming tomorrow. Oh, great. <laughs> Why you didn't come today? They just came out the oven. Oh, I'm always a day late and a dollar short. Oh, I can understand that, too. So y'all are, you've always been open on Mondays? Are you? Uh, uh, seven days a week, unless there is something that says, uh, you know, I have some other duties, and then uh, you'll see the clothes sign on the door. Other than that, uh, T. Eva's. Is open seven days a week at 5201 Magazine <laughs> Street. You just can't stay out the kitchen, huh? Well, I'm not always in the kitchen. I'm, I'm sometimes in the dining room uh, telling customers stories about the bayous and down the river, you know. Uh, they'd be interested in hearing things like that from me sometimes. Not Will you share with kitchen, us you know? a little bit about where you're from and uh, where you're born and raised? A little bit of that, you know. Tell and us a story. Enjoy <laughs> it, you know. Like maybe like catching alligators in your front yard when you <laughs> lived along the riverways, you know, and cut the tail off. I mean, that's mainly what they were eating at that time, where they eat all parts of alligator now, but. Some years back, they only ate the tail of the alligator. Well, that's the best part, right? It is. It's. it's is it the most taste. tender, or is it the flavor, or it's what? The flavor. Well, it tastes between beef and chicken. You know, a little of this and. Little How beef, would y'all prepare chicken. it when you? Uh, or alligator nuggets or alligator sauce picante. You know, with some mushrooms, a uh, great tomato sauce. You know and. Put your spices in there. I mean, it's really some good saturated in some wine, maybe a mm. night before or something, or the morning before cooking it. It's a wonderful taste. And did Over uh, hot rice, great dish. Did you and learn that from no somebody? Huh? I'm sorry. I was going to ask you, did you have somebody that uh, you watched and learned from growing up that cooked? Oh, or? my family, my entire family. A lot of cooks, a lot of cooks in the family. Well, you grow up where all this food is free. You got the pecan trees, you know, you got the sugar, the sugar cane. The you alligator in the front yard. Yeah, in the front <laughs> yard, you know. You got the frogs in the backyard going, you know what I'm saying? Go out there and shoot a few of those with a shotgun, you know, or what, if you got a, a slingshot. A gun? You could, a you slingshot. Could, a slingshot. You could do it with a slingshot. You could get a few frogs like that, you know. But T. Eva, you came out of the home kitchen and went right into the business. What's that yeah. about? How'd you get into business? Let me tell you something. I cooked for a whole lot of restaurants around here in New Orleans before... I decide business. Well, give us some names. Well, Name I, drop if, for us. Okay, I'll tell you. Mother's Restaurant. Uh-huh. Mother's? The Coffee Pot. <laughs> you must have been, did you work with Miss Chase at the Coffee Pot? No, I didn't work with Miss Chase. You I must have come she, after her. She must have been there and gone when I got to the Coffee there Pot. She was waiting tables there in yeah. her youth. Because I think when I went to the Coffee Pot, that was back in 80s, something like that. Oh, yeah, like no, that, no, no, no. Miss Chase was there in the 40s, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, she sorry. was probably about a teenager maybe when she yeah, Because she I was. heard her say 
some times ago, you know, at different times, or when I read about her and she says, you know, how young she was into the stores, to the cooking with the restaurants. Of course, I was very young. The very first restaurant, I don't know if anybody know the name of it, uh, where it was located. Do you know where All Good Restaurant was located at? You got me. <laughs> anybody in the house know? Oh, there's one. Across from two. Yes, that's right. That's From right. Turo you Hospital? Come to Tiva tomorrow. You get a free yeah. Praline. <laughs> you get the prize. Yes, yes. Across from Turo. Yeah. And what were and they cooking up in All Good Restaurant? Well, you know, they did all American food at All Good's Restaurant, such as corned beef and cabbage with potatoes and carrots. They did uh, gumbos. They had certain days, and they did vegetable soup and... They did red beans and rice, and they did uh, lots of lots of uh, potatoes. Like I don't know, we call it smothered potatoes, and you put cheese on it. Scalloped potatoes, mainly, I guess it's called, huh? And they did steaks. Uh, they did hamburgers. They did all kinds of local good food, you know. At the Mr. Yelling and Mr. Wine, and they were the owners. I think it was a father-in-law and a son-in-law who owned that business. Huh. And they had a hamburger joint across the street from Charity Hospital. So I had relatives work there in that restaurant at All Good. And I had relatives worked at uh, the hamburger joint across from Charity Hospital. So I, I worked over there learning how to make hamburgers. And guess how old I was? How old? I'm gonna let you guess. Oh, 15. You got it. <laughs> you got it. So I get a probably tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow from Eva. You got it. That's right. That was my job. And and another thing that I did. Well, I bust uh, the dishes. You know, I ran through the restaurant busting the dishes. They served a lot of doctors and nurses. I guess the whole staff hospital. They were open 24 hours a day there, and they had a bakery shop. <laughs> and who used to clean up the bakery shop? <laughs> who? Tiva. <laughs> when I come out, I had icing all around my face, you know, <laughs> from off the table, you know, whether to pick up the cakes and what have you, and all the icing left on the cake, and I just, on the table, and I just go to the table and... And I just eat icing. <laughs> Good job. And, you know, I still love sweets today. It's funny, but I do. Now, um, I want to ask I you, this is a lot of, um, did you ever live and uh, work anywhere outside of New Orleans? Or have you been here? Yeah, I worked outside of New Orleans. Uh, m- most of my work, most of my work was here in New Orleans. I worked on Bourbon Street in some restaurants that was the same as on Bourbon Street. I even taught some cooking classes uh, at one of the same as on uh, Bourbon Street. It was in the 700 block. And I worked uh, at uh, Austin's restaurant for about a month and a half, uh, maybe a month and a half, because I couldn't take too much of Austin. Ooh. <laughs> 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 I'm serious. Oh, you know, it's unusual women in a restaurant kitchen. We, we, other than the ladies who are making the salad or peeling the shrimp, you know, not many ladies in the restaurant kitchen, huh, T. Eva? No, not many. 
Isn't yeah. that a shame? Yeah, it is, you know, because it's such a good, good thing to be able to do, you know, teach other people how to make some good foods. It, especially our kids today, because they don't really know how to make good foods. I think I want Chris to be my next student. <laughs> <laughs> so, T.E., but when you were working there across from the hospitals, did any of the doctors ask you out? Well, no, I was, I was a little girl. I was just <laughs> 15 years old. <laughs> I wasn't old well, enough. you know. No, I didn't get those kind of invitations. I'm, I'm glad I didn't, you know. Me too. But, uh, no, I didn't get those kind of invitations. Everybody was very nice to me. And how, how old were you when, um, I, well, you don't have to tell me how old you are, but when did you transition into your own business was that uh, uh when i was about 50 years old 50 yeah that's amazing and and how did you have that uh drive or inspiration to to go out on your own and and do that because i was working at a restaurant you really want to know huh yeah we really want to know working at a restaurant that treated me like i was trash oh. they paid me so little money and they were looking for Creole and Cajun, well, I'll put Cajun, I'll say this way, they were looking for Cajun waiters and waitresses. So I saw the ad in the paper, and I gave them a call, and I said, uh, I'm from Louisiana, and I know how to do Cajun and Creole foods. I said, I was born eating that kind of food, you know? from my mother's womb, uh-huh. and uh, I'm not a waiter or waitress. I could be, but I prefer being in the kitchen because I know how to put the tastes to the food. They says, oh, come on down, come on down. Can you come down here for 2 o'clock tomorrow? I say, of course I can. I made some cornbread and cornbread muffins, you know, and it was nice and hot, and it was about probably three or four blocks from where this restaurant was opening up at. And they had been over to Commander Palace and went out on the bayous and had been down, I guess, in the quarters. Uh, I think by, down by Brennan's. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to find out about Cajun food. They were Yankees? French? Were they Yankees? French? Who were these people? They were some French folks. Oh, they were French? Yeah. They were foreigners. And, uh, yeah. And uh, so <laughs> I said, I'll, I'll, I'll come in your kitchen, you know, and we'll do some things together, uh, you know, with a good price. So they sat and they drank wine and they ate the cornbread and put cheese and spread butter, you know, the hot cornbread with the wine and what have you. Would you like a glass of wine? No, I don't drink wine. Thank you. I come here to do business, you know, because I was serious. So said, okay, we're, we're like uh, for you to come in and, you know, try your hand at some things with us, if you wish, five days a week, you know, from nine in the morning till two in the afternoon. All that was great and fine. So we got it going on, you know, and the place seat like 90 people. I turn out like three times a night from two in the evening until 10 p.m. So that was like about 227 yeah plates of food going out of here, you know. And I'm in that kitchen and I'm cooking. I was so doggone tired sometimes. I go sit in the ladies room and sit up on the 
the counter there where the hand bowl is, and you know who came in there while I was sitting down smoking a cigarette? Miss Mitzigana. And she said, Mitzigana? Yes. <laughs> she says to me, she said, oh, God, you look so tired. I said, I am very tired. I've been cooking since 2 o'clock today. And it was around about 9, you know, mm. that night. And you run out, you know, I, you know what cooking is. You oh, run out, you got to start making some more, you know, baking some more muffins and what have you. So anyway, I said, and who are you? And she told me who she was. I said, what did you have to eat? And she told me the shrimp creole. I said, oh, thank you. I made that dish, you know. And she said, God, lady, she said, you are a great cook. And know what she said to me? She said, you need to be cooking that for yourself. I said, oh, thank you. <laughs> she gave me an idea, you know. So anyway, make a long story short, these people, they get a magazine, and here they got the magazine all full up. They want me to see what's going on. I guess it's like about three months after we were there, got the restaurant going and all. And it was saying how much money it was making and how many times they were turning over each night, how many people they were turning out, you know, in the restaurant. And they had a woman from Louisiana that was Creole and Cajun. Oh, That's, oh uh -huh. yeah, they, they, her name was Eva Perry, and they had a little write-up in, in, in the book, you know, newspaper and stuff. And uh, that didn't gel with me. Chef was getting a percentage from each plate. Mm. I guess the sous chef was getting something too, but I was a pot cook. I wasn't getting nothing. You know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. So, anyway, they wouldn't tell me what was going on. They kept the book hid from me, and somebody got hands on the book, and I saw the book. So, I told them, you know, I had to take a leave of absence. And that's really what started my business on my own. I couldn't take it anymore. That, I had had enough of it. All these years I've worked for all these people, all these restaurants, you know, and you work for pennies for so long and then after that it get old. And it, mm -hmm. by the time I made 50 years old, it was really old. It was worn out, you know. Well, but, you're, uh, you're still here and I would lay odds that restaurant isn't. It, it's not open anymore. <laughs> it wasn't. They lost you. They didn't last. They didn't last three months after I left. There you they go. They did not last three months. They put some Hispanic people in the restaurant, but they could make Hispanic food, but they couldn't make uh, Creole and Cajun foods, you know. So, but yeah, I left, and that's when it was time for me to uh, go on my own. And like I said, I, I was, by that time, 50 years old. But that's all right. I'm happy and doing well, wonderful. We are so grateful that you are courageous enough to do that because uh, we have had many years and um, many people from around the country come here and love your food and come in just for, you know, to have a pie or yeah. pralines. And so uh -huh. all day long, seven days a week. And it is so nice, you know. Well, I, every day I get some. Uh, today I got some from uh, Alabama. I got some from Florida. I got uh, some that came in from New York. You know, Fantastic. everybody has some. Everybody come in for something different. Whatever they might have seen me on a cooking channel doing. Maybe the crawfish pie. If not, could have been the gumbo with Paula <laughs> Dean boys. You know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of out there with a 
a lot of right. different people making foods, you know. So I get around on television. I, I don't travel so much, but I get around great on TV. Great. <laughs> well, we I'm, I would love to hear more about that. We're going to uh, talk more about that. Uh, but it's time for our to meet your plus one. Now, the plus one is uh, where we have you invite someone that you think is interesting or someone you work with or somebody that you like to spend your time with and it's a complete surprise to us. So we'd like to know. <laughs> My like plus a, one. Yes, we'd like to know who your plus one is and uh, why you brought him along or her. But I, I can see him here. I just don't know who he is. <laughs> it's a him. It is him. <laughs> and Welcome. He is my husband, Mr. Lewis Adams. How do you do? I'm I'm Lou Adams. Nice uh, to meet you, Mr. Adams. Thank right. you so much for joining us. Um, and well, obviously, you like him if you've brought you're married <laughs> to him and you and you brought him along. But uh, we'd like to know uh, how long has this been going on? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> since the storm, since the storm. Oh, uh, he's my uh, Katrina so, husband. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we met we met each other before Katrina, and then uh, right after the storm, then we really got close with each other, and then we got married in uh, in May. So, and we've been happy ever since. You know, like that song with uh, Aretha Franklin sang. Somebody saved me. He saved me. Oh, <laughs> that's beautiful. What did he do? He saved me from Katrina. I didn't drown. You know? <laughs> so that was a good thing. Y'all live near each other? Did you know? I mean, did y'all? Uh, he used to come by to Eva at uh, Fifth, where, where, where was the place? 44 in Magazine Street. That was like between, or magazine between Napoleon and Jenna at that time. And he would come by and see how I'm doing from time to time. And if I needed any help or needed a hand or something, so he was good about that. So here he is, still giving a hand. <laughs> yes. Now, is it true that the way to a man's heart is through his stomach? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I'll let him answer that. <laughs> well, which one of her dishes won your heart? Oh, really? All of them did, and I, I just enjoyed every bit of it. And of course, I have a sweet tooth, <laughs> and uh, I just, I just enjoyed every bit of it. I'll tell you. And plus, just meeting her and talking with her and everything, you know. And then, you know, I had some problems too, you know. But we were able to mash them out, and we did. And <laughs> then after the storm, um, when we got back together. Then, uh, then we uh, decided to go ahead and get married. Now, did you grow up in uh, New Orleans? No, ma'am. I am from Wilmington, Delaware. Ha! Uh -huh. Wilmington, Delaware, and uh, I was born and raised there. Then Uncle Sam called me during the Vietnam War, and I was out in Texas for a while, and uh, then I got on the road driving tractor trailers been driving all 48 states in Canada and enjoyed every bit of that and then I had a route down here through New Orleans and then uh, been down here ever since <laughs> so you came through and you you fell in love with the city and and yes. decided to make it home oh yes mm -hmm. and when was that oh that oh 
shoot, let me see here. It was back in 79, back in 79 when it first started, yeah. So we've been, we've been, uh, I've been living here for many years and then dr doing my driving and then working other places and then, uh, then we met and then we've been together now for over eight years and we, we enjoy it. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Miss T. Eva, I heard you, you sang a little bit of Aretha Franklin, and um, I'd like to know a little bit. You have some other passions in your life besides food, correct? Mm -hmm. um, you have a beautiful voice, and uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your other passion? And uh, Well, for a little bit, I, I did some backup singing with Ernie Cato, the mother-in-law man. Famous and Ernie Cato. Yeah, the, uh, the legendary Mr. Ernie Cato, yeah. And I think I, sick, uh, I, I back up singing and, and uh, with Ernie, I think for like about six years before he passed, his second time around, you know. Uh, his wife, Antoinette, and I, we became friends, like sisters almost, and the three of us, we were like three peas in a hole. Hmm. You know, you didn't see one without the other. And, and he passed on after six years, and then that left Antoinette, Jeannie, and I, which, and we became baby dolls. Ah, can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about uh, what that means for our a listeners, too, who don't live in New Orleans? And Well, a baby doll... Is something is somebody that works closely with the skull man on Mardi Gras Day, and how that came about because the chief he's got a wild man, and he's got a spy man, he's got a queen, and the skull man he walks all alone by himself. Nobody walks with the skull man, so he decided he'll go out and reach for some baby dolls so he got some baby dolls together and that's how the baby dolls arrived they came out with the skull man every Mardi Gras so now the baby dolls they're doing a little bit more than just working with the skull man on Mardi Gras day they hold functions and they go to nursing homes and they sing and they dance and sometimes they get to do shows with other musicians like uh, James Andrews, uh, we get to, that was our last big show. We did the Trimmy Baby Dolls and I, we worked on a, a, a jazz fest with James Andrews. For people who never saw the Baby Dolls before, describe your costume. Oh, our costumes, dear darling. We wear lovely satin dresses with uh, probably ruffles on the arms and a around the tail of the dress or sometimes a double layer of of ruffles with different colors we have the sash that tie in the back and we have our little bonnets on our head and kind of short skirts a, huh can, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah they're very they they're very short you know they like halfway the thigh calf uh, the you know the high part of your butt <laughs> it's close there you know but you have on you have on your baby doll bloomers also, and you have your baby doll socks on, so it, it makes a pretty neat little costume, and 
a lot of girls, they love to be a baby doll because, believe it or not, when they were little girls, they didn't have a baby doll of their own. Now, that was Antoinette's real reason, one of her reasons for wanting to be a baby doll. She didn't have a baby doll when she was a little girl. So it's well, like re- it's enjoying something. Something, you know, reliving youth. something mm-hmm. that you didn't have when mm-hmm. you were a child, you know. And uh, the second thing that made the baby dolls so famous, the second time around, is Miriam Batiste and her brother, Uncle Lionel. He's going to heaven now. And uh, Miss Batiste, she's down in Atlanta, Georgia with her daughter because she's kind of up in age now, and she doesn't get around too much anymore. But she usually come out on Mardi Gras Day. She'll come down and share with us on a Mardi Gras Day. And... Uh, they were the ones, as far back as I can remember, that started this baby doll thing. Her and her sisters and her brother. Because Uncle Lionel, he was a baby doll, too, you know. Not just girls' baby doll. They had oh, really? baby doll, too, yeah. Well, Uncle like Lionel was a baby doll. <laughs> yeah, he had a in little... In a dress and everything? He had a little baby doll outfit on. I think his, no, I think it was like he had the short pants, you know, oh. with the long socks that come up, you know, and, and a one of these full shirts, satin shirts, you know, full sleeves and what have you. But uh, Nothing like a good costume. Yeah, you know, he had a great costume. And I think that far back as I know, Uncle Lionel, he was one of the first baby dolls that, boy baby dolls that I know about. But now I've seen some, I went to a show where I think it was the New Orleans baby dolls because now you know you have different groups of baby dolls and they showed um, some pictures back in oh way back past 1700 I mean and they had there was male and female baby dolls back then you know and they were dressed in different kinds of costumes but I think when Antoinette organized the Baby Dolls in 2005, that was our first time. Miss, she called Miss Baptiste, and Miss Baptiste came over and showed Antoinette how to make the dresses for the Baby Dolls for us. And it was mainly, <clears throat> she got a, a mannequin made of Ernie after he had passed. And it was to keep Ernie's name alive. So we. It was Antoinette, Jeannie, our other friend, she lived across the lake, and I, we would go out with this mannequin and do shows. <laughs> and now, do shows with Ernest Mannequin. So, Lou, while T. Eve is busy dressed up like a baby doll on Mardi Gras Day, what are you doing? Staying at home. <laughs> no, you stay at home? What's the matter with you? <laughs> I work very hard. I did. I work very hard. <laughs> I get out once in a while, you know, to be in, to be with my wife. But uh, most of the time, I must stay at home. Well, as long as you're supportive, I guess mm-hmm. that's a good, you mm-hmm. know. She, uh, either he'll drive me to where we're going to meet at, the baby dolls, where I'm going to meet the baby dolls at. And then he'll go back home, and when the show is over and what have you, he'll come back and pick me up. So at least he's good about that's that. That's a good husband. He, yeah, he, yes, he, that's he's sweet. very protective of me, you know. I like that. Helping you celebrate and have a good time. Yeah. Enabling he, you to do that. Yeah. And, uh, he, he enjoyed me going out having fun because when we met, he met me having fun, you know. So 
He doesn't try in no ways, form, or fashion to stop my fun. Excellent. <laughs> and well, and when when you know the last uh, baby doll show I did with Ernie was at a wedding on St. Charles Avenue. What's the name of the house over there on St. Charles? Um, the, the Elms Mansion. The Elms Mansion. Ernie and I we did that wedding. Helped do that wedding for Randy. He used to be a bartender at Tipitina's years ago. Randy did. So Ernie Cato sang, y'all sang, and um, we took a lot of pictures with a lot of the guests. Oh, okay. And I did a lot of second mining and giving out pralines and what have you. Wonderful. Yeah. Just regular celebrities there that night. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, y'all, we've come to the part of the show we call Off the Menu. Um, mm -hmm. Poppy, you and I uh, pick a, each get to pick a question off this list that um, Chris Keogh, our technical director, dreamed up. I, I think perhaps while he was um, heavily sedated on cold medication, but uh, some of them are pretty good. So, Poppy, I'm going to let you pick first. Well, you know, just as long as everybody knows that these aren't my questions, they're <laughs> yes. Chris's. Yes. And I've tried to pick the one that's the most innocuous, perhaps. But, you know, to Eva, I know a lot of people have passed on in your life. Do you believe in ghosts? Anybody come back to see you sometime? No, I've never seen I've never seen anyone, never, but I have a lot of dreams. They come to you, they come to they me come in to my me dreams. In, they come to me in dreams, but they, they never, like some people say, oh, I saw them standing here, walking inside the door. But don't you think you have to pay attention to those messages? But the dreams, I, I pay attention to the dreams, you know, I do, and uh, I feel like I feel like they're just happy for me to see how well I maintain myself and uh, how well I'm carrying on, you yeah, know? You're, you're kicking ass, girl. Uh, yeah, and, <laughs> I, and, I, and, I, and I think I, I, that's what I would hope the, <laughs> the dreams are about anyway, but I, I really believe that's what it is. They're just happy to see how wonderful I am doing and uh, I'm having a great time. I really am. Well, that's... I, I, I like to hear that because uh, I believe they are uh, looking out, coming to you and uh, celebrating yeah, right along with you. They're my angels. Huh? <laughs> they are my angels. That's how I feel like. They are my angels because they love me and they want to see me do well. Well, wonderful. All right. Well, um, I'm sorry, Lewis, but your question is not going to be as uh, is easy. No, I'm a, I'm a, I picked one that uh, is, is all right. Okay. Um, so if you could travel into the past, what is something you tell your younger self? Ooh. <laughs> is that a little intense? That's a little intense. Okay. Well, you could have said, do you sleep naked? Yes. <laughs> that was, that I, was, I was trying to... <laughs> There's worse questions, Lou. We're yes. being easy. Do you oh, prefer to answer that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> You didn't know what you were getting into, huh? This is uh, I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure uh, T. Eva's gonna cook you up tonight with some mm -hmm. sp special pie or something from well, her day. She won't because cook him. <laughs> yeah, T. Eva, who are the people who come to you in your dreams? 
Who comes and talks to you? Uh, some of them, you'd be surprised. I see, I see a lot of people. Uh, Antoinette, I see uh, my sister. Do they talk? They, we, usually we do things together. Okay. We're doing things together, you know, whenever I see any of them. Sometimes I see my oldest auntie. We, we could be in the kitchen cooking or, you know, we're doing something family-like or something business-like. Uh, I mean, Antoinette and I, we're always doing something business-like. I say, <laughs> why don't you just rest your nerves and leave me alone, you know? Uh-huh, yeah. You know, because she was like bossy, and she like always, she wanted to tell you what to do and how to do things, you know. She was a pepper. Mm-hmm. She was. She was a hot pepper. <laughs> and what was uh, Ernie Cato like? I mean, that, you know, even if I had seen him sing, that's a personality, you know, maybe performing he was cool. is not. Ernie was cool. He was very cool, calm, and collective, you know. And um, he was always ready to sit down and tell you about his life story, how he got started, and he helped a lot of young people his last six years. When they opened up the mother-in-law lounge, there was lots of young people that came through, and uh, some of them doing shows and got big bands right now, and all from sitting and listening to Ernie and Ernie letting them work there in the mother-in-law lounge, you know. He helped a lot of lot of young people. He did a great job before he left this earth. And he, he, he was a great teacher. He was a great teacher. He could teach you that music and tell you what licks to hit. He used to be a drummer, you know. And um, he was fabulous to sit around. People came from near and far just to sit down and have stories with Ernie about his music and what have you, and how he grew up as a child, singing, you know, in the church choir, little boy with his mama. I knew Ernie, but I didn't associate with him because we belonged to a different church. It was a neighboring church, but, you know, everybody usually support their own church, you Mm -hmm. know. But uh, he belonged to New Hope. Baptist Church back on Jackson Avenue, and I was at uh, uh, the church over on uh, Washington Avenue. We were located at 2700 Block Washington Avenue. But I would see him a lot. Now, when I got to see the whole lot of Ernie, it was after he made mother-in-law, and there was a club they called the Tijuana Club down on Errata Street. Errata, I think it was Errata, or it could have been Errata and Rampart, like where they had Sam's, they had a, Sam's had a, a restaurant there, and right in that block, Gloria Bolden, she had this club was named the Tijuana. Do you remember the Tijuana Club? I wish I did. Oh, <laughs> God. That's where guys like Ernie and uh, who's this other guy that, that uh, plays piano a lot? It must have been a big Dr. John? No. Not Dr. John. Uh, Professor Longhair? 
like Al Cone of a Time. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Johnson. Yeah. Professor Longhead, but he did a, a lot more at Tipitina's. Professor Longhead did. So he when you first got there. to sing with Ernie Cato, what was that like? Oh God, that was one of the biggest times of my life. When listen, let me tell you how I got started. Every evening when I finished walking at T. Eva's on Magazine Street, after I met Antoinette, when she first came on the show and said, uh, you know, she and Ernie had gotten married and what she was doing to help him come back again, and I saw the show on Angela Hill. And I said, this lady looks like a nice lady. I say, I think I would like to go down to her, please. Talking to myself and mm-hmm. meet her. And so I did. And uh, Jazz Fest was coming up at the time. And I went down, I took some flyers, and she said, well, I'm busy right now. She said, you put the flyers there. She said, and when I'm not so busy, she said, I'll give you a call, and you come down, and we'll sit down and talk. And I said, it's okay. So okay. It happened. And uh, I went down, and I met her. And I got to meet Ernie again in, in life, you know. And uh, so... Every evening, I would go down when I close up to Eva's pies and pralines, and I would bring some sweet potato pies for Ernie because Ernie loved my sweet potato pies. I would bring that for him, and I would go sit. I was drinking a Budweiser at the time and have myself a Budweiser. I never drank over two beers, but I would have me two Budweisers, and, I, and it had good music on the box, you know, and I would play me some numbers, and I'd stand right in front of the box and dance by myself, the music box, dance by myself. And she would be sewing or something, and Ernie, he's watching all the old movies in the back. And Mom, which is Antoinette's mama, she's sitting down and she's tearing up newspapers, you know, or she's writing and she's tearing them up and stuff, you know, that was her busy time. So, and I would be dancing. So Antoinette said to Ernie once, she say. You know what, she said, T-Eva is real light on her feet. <laughs> she said, Ernie, why don't you have T-Eva and I to become backup dancers for you, and that will broaden your stage. Oh. And, of course, whatever Antoinette said, Ernie was all for it. You know, he <laughs> said, he didn't choose no words or nothing. He said, all right. Then I became a Ernie Cato backup dancer, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Antoinette and I. And let me tell you, sweetie, I worked five jazz fests. Oh, what fun. And was that heaven for me? Because I always wanted to work on a big stage from a little girl. I thought I was one of the greatest dancers and still do oh, in the world. Oh, dream come true, huh? Oh, yes, that was a dream come true. And then I got to go to Washington, and we did a show, Ernie, Antoinette, and I, and another lady that I loved so well, uh, she was there, and I got to meet her and Shirley Cesar, and I got to do the last part of the show with her on stage. And I never dreamed I would ever meet Miss Shirley Cesar, you know? And I mean, look, this was really, really great, you know? And I got some pictures in my window now whenever you pass. You will see the Ernie Cato and his backup singers Antoinette Cato and T. Eva Perry in the red, white, and blue outfits when they worked. 1999. Oh, that was a great year. Oh, wow. That was a great year, 1999. And 
if you want to hear me raise some hell, you mess with one of those pictures that we had <laughs> from 1999 in our red, white, and blue outfits. You know, that was great. It, it was really fun. I, I got to do some other shows with Ernie. We went to Virginia Beach. We did some shows down in Alabama. We went different places. We did lots of shows at Rock and Bowl. Oh, my God. Rock and Bowl. <laughs> we kept Rock and Bowl hot. <laughs> and uh, we did shows at the Holland Wolf. We did shows at uh, House of Blues. I mean, come on. I mean, I did some shows. You know, That's that was great. You know, I, because I wouldn't get to these places otherwise. All just I wouldn't because have got there. You went to meet Antoinette. Yeah. It's just being at the right place and just stepping out. Yes, isn't it? just stepping out. You oh. know, and and look what I got. You know, and would you believe? Uh, a lot of people says to me today, they say, oh, God. They say, you got to be rich. <laughs> rich than <laughs> what? They say money. I say, what? Because you used to be a backup singer dancer with Ernie Cato. I say, oh, yeah, huh? I say, Ernie Cato made that money a long time ago. <laughs> that and a buck 50 will get me on the streetcar. <laughs> <laughs> But it was fun, you know, it was something I enjoyed doing. It was something I always wanted to do as a little girl, and I got the opportunity to do so. But I tell you what it did for me. It, it was a lot of publicity for T. Eva Praline and Pies. There you go. Because every time Ernie hit the stage, he said, T. Eva is my right hand. He said, she make the sweet potato pies and the pecan pralines. And then everybody wanted to come and get some of T. Eva pies and pralines. And he always said, bring a basket full of pies and pralines. Guess what? That was my pick. <laughs> <laughs> He had to work and coming and going. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. I enjoyed it. I, I could uh, sit here all night and listen to you. I know. Huh? It's so much fun. You know? Well, I just wanted to, uh, let, let's just get out a little bit more information about uh, T. Eva's. You're, you're open seven days a week and uh, what's your hours and uh, tell everyone the address and if you have a website or anything that you... Uh, Wanna, and we also want to thank you all for coming because I know you are full of exciting things going on and I all know you time. give to the community besides <laughs> just uh, your wonderful food and, and stories. So we really appreciate you all coming down here and sh spending the evening with okay. us. Well, thank you. I was so happy I could get over here after a long day's work and share some of this good stuff with you all, you know. It's really wonderful. But Teeve is located at 5201 Magazine Street. The telephone number is area code 504-899-8350. Uh, the restaurant is open seven days a week. Only, it's only dark if there's emergency or sometimes I have to go out and take care of the duties for people in other places. Because I sing in my choir at my church and uh, I have to go to church and I have to perform different times with my choir. So sometimes the restaurant have to be closed. Other than that, we are there making good food, 
serving up lots of snowballs. We had some of the best snowballs on this side of heaven. You mm. must come and try one sometimes. Great pralines that go all over the world. And have you all seen that wonderful commercial of Eva? No. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think we just heard a wonderful commercial of Eva. <laughs> go to Google, <laughs> NOLA.com, and you Google it, and you're going to see T. Eva, Deacon John, and you're going to hear Professor Longhair. And T. Eva saying, wow, I love New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> well, T. Eva, we love you. You were Thank our you. special guest tonight on Midnight Menu Plus One. Right from T. Eva's Pies and Pralines. And T. Eva's Plus One was, of course, her darling husband, Lou. And you can find out more about T. Eva and about me and Louisiana Eats by following the links on our <laughs> podcast site. It's NewOrleans.com. You can hear past shows on itsneworleans.com. And while you're there, you can check out our blog, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Or just Google Midnight Menu Plus One and we come right up. Midnight Menu is brought to us tonight by Petite Pet Care. If your pet needs to be fed, walked, or looked after while you're at work or on vacation and you don't want to board Fido or Fifi, Pet Petite Care has you covered. For loving care when you're not there, Pet Petite Care. Petite Pet Care. Find them at PetitePetCare.com. Thanks also to Monkey Hill Bar on Magazine Street. At Monkey Hill, you can enjoy a five-hour happy hour every weekday from 3 to 8 p.m. And every Tuesday is Taco Tuesday. Coronas, margaritas, and sangria specials, plus $2 tacos. Well, I guess that's it, Margo. Yes, that's it for tonight's show. See you next time on Midnight Menu Plus One. Till then, I'm Margo Moss. And I'm Poppy Tooker. Ray Kanata will be back next week. (laughs) (laughs) Midnight Menu Plus One is produced by Grant Morris, Margo Moss, and me, Ray Kanata. Our technical producer is Chris Keough, and our director of everything else is Mary Ross. You can find photos from tonight's show on our website, itsneworleans.com. On itsneworleans.com, you can also check out our blog. You can listen to lots more episodes of Midnight Menu Plus One and other shows including Out to Lunch, Happy Hour, True to the Game, and Mindset. And you can hook up with me and Margot anytime by following Midnight Menu Plus One on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And please be sure to sign up for subscribe for our mailing list. Uh, And the fabulous audio quality of this show is brought to us by the equally fabulous Chris Kehoe and PreSonus Audio. More information about PreSonus recording equipment is at PreSonus.com. P-R-E-S-O-N-U-S.com. Midnight Menu Plus One is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For all of us here at Midnight Menu Plus One, thanks for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you back here next week on Midnight Menu Plus One. I'm Ray Kanata. And I'm Margo Moss. Good night. You know Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer, now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, 
Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii. U.S. only.